What's good, fam? This is the Queer Archive, a queer and feminist Doctor Who podcast. I'm Sky, And I'm Brenna. And... This is Security Protocol 712. The Echelon circuit has been activated. The Echelon circuit has been activated. We're being pulled away from our current timeline to talk about the spring special, Legends of the Sea Devils. Please stow any hand luggage and prepare for departure. Swashbuckle up your seatbelts. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> To be fair, it wasn't my personal joke. I am not to blame here. Okay. <laughs> I did laugh, though. <laughs> it was great. Um, should we do our the equivalent of pulled it open sure. in our echelon circuits? Let's head into random. First note I have, of course, is, hi, it's a gay pirate world and we're just living in it. Yeah. Oh, my God, this is happening. It was. I love this moment in time. Me too. The earring as a compass at the beginning of the episode. Interesting. I'm going to rate that it's a interesting. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> you can take that however you want. Mm. I didn't. I didn't. I was just like, okay, cool. We're moving on. I guess we're doing that. You know those days when you're like, this might as well happen. <laughs> I didn't. I. I truly. It just washed over me like a little you're wave. Like, Whoa, on yeah. Okay. I was just like, all right. I feel like um, that's a lot of this episode. Yeah, just very on brand for the theme of the ocean. I was just like, just let it wash over you. Yeah, we're just... yeah. We are thematically the concise th- and consistent. Yeah, yeah. I will I try. Say, yeah, I will say the puppetry on the sea devils. Holy What's this? shit. Oh, shit, this is fucking cool. Wow, 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 wow. Amazing practical effects over everything. Yeah, I'm really glad they went that route. Me too. Always. I think I audibly gasped. Yeah. I was just like, oh yeah. my god. They they look so they do good. Look so good. Also, I'm the so shot glad. of all of them listening to the sea captain <laughs> killed me because they're all like slack jawed fucking oh chicken ass gosh. sea devils just listening to his story like blank eyed. Yeah, they're <laughs> bulging eyes, just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is great. Keep it coming. <laughs> it was really cute because they're all doing it almost in unison, just a sea of them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, speaking of the sea devils and their ship, pretty sure that sea devil ship was previously a Centauran warship in the flux. Wait. Doctor Who reusing, reusing? I know. a recognizable set I know. from episode to episode? Couldn't be them. Yeah. They would never. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and the fandom is the type of fandom who would, of course, recognize all that shit. Yes. Like, we're on that level, <laughs> yeah. right? But maybe it's just it's just a part of it's a part of the journey. Yeah. You know? It's, like, <laughs> it's almost enjoyable at, at yeah. that point when you're like, like, I part recognize. Of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only other thing that I have in the random section is mm-hmm. you cannot sail a big-masted ship like that alone. Just I call literally bullshit. impossible. Yeah. I don't... It's like, literally not possible. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be in two places at once. No. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> so when she's like, my crew, they got kidnapped. I was like, well, then your ship would go nowhere. Suspending my belief once again. Speaking of suspending my belief. Disbelief. Yes. <laughs> the disbelief one. And other things that were apparently suspended in air. They cannot all be that good at throwing stones. <laughs> They were like, (laughs) they threw it basically like a sloppy baseball toss, and then all of a sudden it was like, now girl, there is an actual tactic to do this. (laughs) 
I was just like, oh my god. Have, and like the fact that we've seen them play, you know, these coordination silly games off screen. Yeah. Which, like, bro, like I know how you toss. <laughs> that ain't it. And <laughs> I mean, again, the disbelief has been suspended. Uh, should we slip right into writing? Yeah. Should we, should we skip right into writing? <laughs> um, land Parasite made me LOL. <laughs> Brilliant. Iconic. She went, sea devil, and he went, land parasite. <laughs> um, yeah, the, there was a solid amount of killer lines in the script, yeah. I've got to say. No ship, Sherlock. <laughs> the throwaway line of the century. Kind of cheesy. Good cheesy. Speaking of which, our girl said it. She said it. She said gay Ronimo. I mean, Geronimo. She said it twice, She said too. it twice. Yeah. They just really had to be like, in case you didn't hear it the first time, we're kind of getting a lot of those end of an era. Let's make sure we get the Geronimo in there. Yeah. We're getting the orange suit coming up. We're fan we gotta check off. Yeah. Yes. Check off them fan yeah. service lists. Uh, which I'm not complaining about. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. I had another one of those moments when I was watching this episode where the doctor was like, how dare you kill that one lead sea devil? And then like literally 10 minutes later, <laughs> Dan kills six in one go. And he's like, so many. yeah, I'm doing a good job. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's the second to last episode. Let it wash I'm just, over you, Renna. <laughs> let it rock. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think we talk about it later, but I don't really know what this episode was trying to say. Yeah. I mean, the next note I have is I feel like that's what makes a good legend is what this episode wants to be about. But, uh... Oh, yeah. The line. Not quite. I'm going to rate that a not quite. Yeah. It just didn't land. Uh, I don't don't really know what it was trying to accomplish, especially given the amount of time that the episode was clocking. Uh, Besides Thasmin... And that was absolutely the better written portion of this story, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there was the absence of Chimnall's typical critique on Empire. Yeah. Just, just nowhere to be seen. If anything, there was almost this opposing kind of tone yeah. to it. When, this, when she's explaining the sea devils and she's like, they were here first and they're the bad guys. I was like, whoa. Uh... So we're, we're, we're going to take that mm. stance. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna okay. like I didn't. I, it just made me really not want to start inspecting it because as soon as you do, you're like, I know you were like, oh god. <laughs> so reclaiming there in this case, ironically, not land, sea, is a threat. It's automatically demonized. Yeah. It's um, literally sea demonized. Um, it's <laughs> like I just, and awful. then I, I truly. I'm sorry, you got to, you know, lighten the mood with a good, with a good pun. Um, is it good? <laughs> every pun is good. Intrinsically. Um, mm. And I'm just going to leave it at that because that's where I stopped. Yeah, you're just like, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm disengage. Not, yeah, disengage. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can acknowledge that it's just not, it's not It's not a good giving look. what needs mm. to be given. Yeah, yeah. And the ironic, annoying part, the last thing that I'll just say on that is that you could have totally critiqued Empire in an episode that is centering pirates. Yes. Like, <laughs> that yeah. is the setting? Absolutely. Yes. It's right there. So, yeah, it just felt like it wasn't Chimnall's typical voice yeah. um, happening and coming out. 
in the episode. It feels pretty half-baked as an episode in a lot of ways. And also this last week, there's been a ton of interviews coming out with Chibnall saying how exhausting producing this last season was and how hard it was. And he, um, in a couple of different interviews, has said... If I had known what it would have been like, I wouldn't have taken this job, like, that hard. So I'm trying to, like... It's hard for any showrunner because, yeah, I can... I'm trying to give this episode a little slack. Oh, absolutely. In that respect, because he is telling us in many ways, this was a fucking shit show. Yeah, and you can't can't say that. So he's telling us in the way that he can. Yeah. Um, And I 100% believe it because being a showrunner for this show is, to me unreasonable and it's it's run in a way that is just uh doomed (laughs) not sustainable it's not sustainable and um which we already know because every single modern showrunner has been like fuck that i'll never do it again except for rtd who is unfortunately coming back but they had to beg chibnall to take this job and chibnall and i forget what it might have been doctor who magazine but one of the interviews that came out this week, they asked him, would you come back if RTD offered you an opportunity? He went, absolutely not. Full stop. This is the red line. I am done. And I was like, that sounds Boundaries. like somebody who's having a, a rough finish. Yeah. I'm just not surprised. And yeah. um, I think that out of all the showrunners, obviously, for many reasons, Chimnall felt especially set up to fail. Uh, I don't think that he failed in the way that a lot of people are actually claiming. I think that his era is given me some of my favorite things in Doctor Who ever. And we've talked about that a lot on the pod and we'll continue to talk about it. But I want to point out that he's just had roadblocks that I just haven't seen in previous eras. We shouldn't give him too many bonus points for being so brave to cast the first woman Doctor. But it's true. The era was bound to get an intrinsic amount of resistance at the get. And then, yeah, with his last uh, season, which is the season I feel like that he's been building up to really thoughtfully and intentionally got hit by a pandemic. And what do you do? Like, And it, it still ended up being perhaps my favorite series that he's given us. Anyways, all that to be said, there's just more than the episode there's so much going on behind it but it sounds like there also might have been extra meddling in this particular episode that resulted in a really awfully edited episode that should have been actually longer and ended up having a lot of scenes cut and we'll never know what got cut we'll never know what was actually intended for this episode if the things that did get cut and did get meddled with were actually really important and held this episode together or gave us a little bit more of what we were looking for, well, we just don't know. Again, I don't know the details of that. I just thought I'd throw it in. But mm. um, I just wanted to see more East Asians kicking ass. I would have loved to see Madame Ching get an episode more fully dedicated to her. Or even perhaps like a War of the Centaurans where it's totally possible to include a classic villain and do a badass historical figure justice yeah that would have been rad but to do that you have to have your shit locked down (laughs) and this episode just it didn't have the focus yeah for whatever reason that was and it didn't like commit like war of the centaurs at the end we kind of come away with this feeling that we've had before with the show is just very much the feeling you can't have two types of representation at once I wanted the representation for 
East Asian culture and history and for Madame Ching. And I wanted the representation for Thasman. And it just yeah. felt like we have to, like, choose and get one that's well done and then one that gets underserved yeah. or misrepresented. Because I actually did not expect to get this much Thasman, which was great. But we truly can just never win both. Yeah. In most media, right? That's, like, a really common thing for us. And on that note... We definitely have stuff to chat about in production. And of course, we will have our own separate segment dedicated to the Thasman antics today. Okay. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> so should we hop on over to production and chat about that? Sure. This episode was directed by Haola Wang, who is a Chinese-born British director. Her website says, I specialize in emotional fantasy. I love that <laughs> for everyone. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do, I wish they'd had a better fight coordinator. Yeah. Sorry to this sword fight. Yeah. That was mess. Yeah. There were only maybe a couple shots, like really brief, brief moments where I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the close-up of Yaz's face was really cool when she clashes with the Sparky Spark saber sword thing. Yeah. And the rest was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Our cute space show is very much not an action shot genre. Which is bullshit because they've had good fight sure. scenes. I think the Ruth Doctor fight with the Jadoon is actually I, really good. That is good. the one that came to mind as well because I'm like, that's the exception for sure. So it can be done, but it's not within the shows and the genres typical, I don't know, milieu or mm. expertise. So you just have to kind of commit and again, it didn't. So it just, it felt a bit silly. Yeah. But the only actual silly fight scene bit that I truly actually enjoyed, just on a more of a personal level, <laughs> was Jody getting her Goonies moment as she slid down one of the sides of the pirate ship like an actual child that she is. Yeah. Yeah, that was just... For other reasons, super great. And there was also that moment where Yaz said, you're like a child. And the doctor goes, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even skip a beat, considered not taking that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I resonate with that for sure. I think the biggest thing, so it's the fight coordination, like the actual choreography for the fight, I was not impressed by. And this is also, this was the part of the episode where I was like, the editing is a mess. What happened? Yeah, this is, I think, the worst editing I've seen from this series ever. And that is, that's saying something. I've watched a lot of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I feel like a fight scene, one of the key players is editing. Yes. And that's so, it, you just feel it really, really significantly yeah. <laughs> if it yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. and if you're not going to spend the money for it, don't yeah. put it in. Yeah that, yeah. that really is the answer. Oh, I totally, because it's like in Doctor Who, that is a bonus. You don't normally see, like, yeah. a fight scene or whatever. Uh, so still on production. One other big thing that I wanted to bring up is something that we may have way more to say after we have time to digest and time to do a rewatch, as well as listen to fans with more East Asian historical knowledge, especially regarding costuming and character names in this mm. episode. But... In the meantime, I think there are still a few things that we can and need to say now. And one is context. So we need to get out on the table, no matter what this episode did. Doctor Who, it is a fact. Doctor Who has an absolute terrible track record 
regarding East Asian representation. Dude. <laughs> or lack thereof, or misrepresentation, right? Yeah. It's not up for debate. <laughs> so that is a debt that Chimnall's era both inherited from the show's previous showrunners, as well as something that Chimnall's era has personally failed our community on. So, again, no matter how this episode ended up representing East Asian culture and history, it's just extremely justified for East Asian fans to be skeptical. Yeah. Right? Of a Doctor Who story really delving into East Asian historical and and fictional characters and really heavily using them in their promotional material. Especially without an East Asian writer. Involved. Yeah. Part of the reason why Demons of the Punjab is good... Maybe the reason, Is because Vinay Patel wrote it. Yeah. It just... I mean, that is logical. Duh. Yes, That's a duh. So that needs to be our starting point, right? Is that we're not starting from fresh. There is a debt that has been inherited with this show that this has been underserved and unserved as a area of representation. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this on the show before in regards to East Asian characters and also in regards to just characters of color to queer characters until you have the same amount of representation, you can't really afford a fuck up because you're, you're trying to fill the backlog of all the other fuck ups that have happened up to this point. So if there'd been more East Asian representation that was good and positive and rooted, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, but there's not. So, (laughs) so secondly, As a franchise, Doctor Who should have enough of an understanding of this to know how to market this episode with that very thing in mind, right? That, again, should be their starting point, aka because there has been so much broken trust there, there's a responsibility to pay extra close attention to, let's say, getting Asian names spelled correctly in promotional material, and that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, There's a couple of names that were spelled inconsistently within, like, maybe the same article, within the same paragraph. Yeah. So it's showing us the details that they're not paying attention to. And there's a responsibility to anticipate that without the viewer's knowledge of the time jumping within this episode, looking at the promo shots, it would be really easy to think that various Asian characters were costumed according to drastically different centuries. Yeah. Because, once again, cultural nuance is being collapsed for a white audience. That's something that we're seeing in their promotional material before the episode aired. So we didn't have context for why um, they were centuries apart in costuming. Yeah. And that's not on us for misinterpreting that. That's on the BBC for not realizing that that would be a logical misinterpretation. Yeah. Or that that misinterpretation is valid because, again, the history. So... Uh, that's the context, right? Knowing the situation going in. But thirdly, now that we know that the time period costumes were indeed intentionally representing different centuries, the characters were from different centuries, smashed together because of timey-wimey. Cool, 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 right? But I'm still I'm still curious because there's a lot of other details uh, that folks have been pointing out that I, I can't personally speak to, whether it's from within one outfit is it internally logical does one garment go with another and it's not pairing something that would never be paired together within that culture yeah and i just want cultural representation to be accurate and to be powerful and meaningful to that audience and i think 
that that should be the the standard, especially like you said, with the backlog. Again, we talk about things that seem like details because A, I mean, how a period costume is designed and the names of characters are actually not that in the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> like it's pretty important. And B, it's the details that tell us who you're creating for. If you're creating for a Chinese audience, you include details that a Chinese audience specifically will pick up on, especially if they're details that a white audience may not. Yeah. I think about the Mahjong scene and Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. That scene is crafted in a way that I, a white person, it is legible to me. So I don't know the details of Mahjong, but I understand that she is winning and that she has allowed the mom to get points on her and then shows her winning hand at the end. I know that, contextually speaking. But also, I know, because when that movie came out, people on the internet were like, holy fuck, this is such an important scene because I played Mahjong with my granny growing up and we, like, that move she pulls is really important. So it can be done really well, very successfully, where it's like, I am writing this for an audience from this culture and I'm also making it available to you, white audience, you might miss out on some of the nuance, but you're going to get it. So it's possible. Yeah. And this episode's details seem to confuse more Chinese fans than feel like it represented them. And that's when you know that whether subconsciously or consciously, you probably included this representation for a white audience more than anyone else, yeah. right? Because at face value, this does get diversity points, right? Yeah. To the white audience. Yes. Meanwhile, if the audience that I care about in those moments are what are our East Asian fans feeling in this moment? Yes. Do they feel represented? Is this actually powerful for them? And what can I learn from them in this moment? Yeah. I think about um, the second episode of Moon Knight where Ethan Hawke's character says we all learn three languages and then he speaks really shitty Mandarin. <laughs> Or in Black Panther, when they go to Korea and Nakia speaks, again, very terrible Korean. Like, it's like, who is that for? What is that in here for? Sure. Yeah. All of these things, they weren't hidden in the background. They weren't small. They were plastered in the promo material. They were very high visibility, meant to be seen. AKA, they were looking for the points. They're signaling. Yeah. Right? Who is this legible for? Yeah. And then, yeah, on top of it, I just wanted, like, better, tighter episode. Yeah. That had, like, really good storytelling. Unfortunately, we haven't done a lot of women historical characters yeah, in Doctor Who. Yeah, but most of historicals go. And then, yeah, comes Chibnall era. There are a lot of women historicals, and they're amazing. That is his bag. So something just fell apart here, yeah. you know? I'm sure that's kind of why I was like, oh, well, because when you go into a historical in the Chibnall era, I'm usually expecting a banger, because absolutely, almost all of them are. Yes, the track record is there, for sure. But that being said, let's talk about guest stars. Okay, first guest tell star. me. <laughs> the main sea devil was played by Carvinista himself, Craig Shut Ellis. Up. <laughs> yeah. I would have never known that. Me neither. <laughs> and was just delighted. We do think the voice is obviously done by someone else because Carvinista's voice is... Craig Ellis has a very distinctive voice. Yeah. But we were saying we think it might be the same guy who played... Who did the voice of the remnants in the ghost monument and then played the fingers guy in Can You Hear Gross. Me? Fucking gross. <laughs> but his voice is also very distinctive. And, uh, yeah, I would put money that it's him. Yeah. If it wasn't, they were definitely using a similar, like, sound effect or something. I don't know. But, yeah. Craig Ellis. Who would have known? Yeah. Way to go, Craig. Hope Again, hope your six foot four ass is having a great day wherever it is. Has he been in Doctor Who? 
before this. I don't think so. Because I just feel like for a lot of costumes and full prosthetics, there's a lot of them that are quite large characters. So no wonder that he's been reused. Yeah, all the background sea devils are some of the normal monster extras. Sure. So they can do that, where it's like, and then Johnny is going to be one of the other sea devils. Yay, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Madam Ching is hot. She is. I thought her performance and presence was really powerful, though, which Mm -hmm. made me want a full episode of her even more. I also really loved Marlo Chan Reeves' performance. He was so good. He was. I don't know if his name was said. His character's name was said in this episode. Yeah, I don't think it was. That sucks. Yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah. When an important, uh, like, again, he had a promo image, but his name isn't in the entire script. Yeah. I could be wrong. Again, like, we just watched it, and I did a quick search on this transcript. So I could have missed it. But yeah, like, it should should just be there more. It should be more recognizable. It was like all the... All the individual side actors, if you look at them in isolation, were doing the most. Madam Ching, Yi Qing, oh, yeah. Ji Hun, like, all giving good, wonderful performances. And it's like, the script let you down, man. No, that's exactly what it is. Also, all very hot. Yeah. All three of them. Gorgeous. Just a very gorgeous fucking cast. Yeah. It just felt like, again, I just wanted to see more East Asians kicking ass and we saw a lot of East Asians die. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. Especially Ji Hun's storyline. Yeah. He had a lot of lack of agency. Yes. And then and he then just it, shows up and he's like, I'm and ready to die. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It just like <laughs> works out very conveniently for the plot. Like there's a way to do that and it, for it to feel like it resonated, for there to be an emotional beat there. And, and there wasn't. Yeah. It just needed to like wrap itself up. And same for a little bit of, you know, the storyline for Madame Ching. And for Ying Ki, I believe, their their story could have been really cool. The way that he kind of finds, like, this family and this life out at sea with her. Yeah. Um, but it just needed more room for the story to naturally build and develop. Yeah. Should we talk about the TARDIS team? But lastly, we got the TARDIS team. Of course, let's get into it because this is maybe our biggest section. <laughs> Dan's outfit. He is such a clown. And I love that Yaz was like... <sighs> Screaming, <laughs> just like losing it in the corner. Of course, their fucking dynamic is my favorite because know, it's like it's, great. it's like the sibling rivalry yeah. situation, which is yes. And <laughs> the doctor, I can't leave you alone for one second. Look at that mess. Lo- yeah, this is what happens. And when they released those promo images, we were like, "What the fuck is Dan wearing?" And this episode was like, "What the." Fuck Fuck is Dan wearing? (laughs) And I was like, oh, good. Thank you. We're on the same page there. That's all I needed. Moving on. (laughs) Not Yaz and all of them actually meeting a pirate (laughs) and apologizing for his outfit. I'm I'm sorry for his outfit. I'm just sorry. I just feel responsible and the responsibility to apologize publicly. (laughs) That had me rolling. And I just, it just feels like off screen. Yaz and Dan must have just the best shenanigans. Yeah. Up to no good. Absolutely. There's two other Dan moments in this episode that I took notes on. Tell me. Number one, when Yinky asks, how old are you? And he says, 42. Oh, my. Now, sir. No. He didn't even. 
he didn't even no, deliver it like that was the truth. <laughs> he was or like, he uh, believed it. 42? 42? Sir, what please. Would you believe? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, the kid did not because he's like, you're 75. <laughs> <laughs> Can Again. I gauge the white man's age? Same. John Bishop looks good for his actual age, which is 50s. <laughs> Tell him. You were just talking about we did. that thing. <laughs> also, it is iconic that Dan continues to ship it. Thank you. He said, all in a day's work, my friend. That's right. <laughs> I'm super, super in love with the fact that he was the one doing the emotional labor yep. to comfort Ying Ki this episode as well. Yeah. If you're going to have a white straight man on the TARDIS, he better be doing some emotional labor. I also loved that Dan wandered off so that our boos can have their own boo adventure. That is how it was meant to be. That's right. It is always the right move. That's what a wingman does. That is what a wingman does. <laughs> Dan was honestly a real one this episode. I yeah. think I'm finally there. I'm ready to say that I... Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Right? It yeah. as a concept. Um, <laughs> he's there. This episode did that right. That is one thing that it just nailed. Yeah. The, the Dan inclusion. He is there to look silly and to feel like a third wheel. <laughs> like, Thasman getting their own adventure alone. Yeah. Is absolutely key to that recipe. And when he does interact with them and show up, he's strictly there to... Facilitate. To yeah. <laughs> knock some freaking sense into this helpless sapphic. Yeah. Our poor, poor Yaz, uh, which is all so, so in character and so relatable. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the Dan I want. That's the Dan I love to see. And that's the well Dan done. we got. That's, that's great. The Dan we got. Yeah, thank you. Also, when she said, not a bad date, am I? I was like, key smash into my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, they said it. <laughs> I, okay, so I may have not been the only one, but we didn't have subtitles for this watch, for the which first is, watch, yeah. you know, never ideal. But anyways, how many of us thought we misheard the doctor when she said that? <laughs> I for certain did. I was like, "Come again?" Like I I wanted <laughs> to hear you claim that all of your adventures are dates. Yeah. Especially this one at the bottom of the sea with the romantic lighting. Yes. Best scene in the whole thing. That was yeah. That was really great. I was with the fish really swimming around the TARDIS light. Gorgeous. Anyways. That should definitely happen more often. But yeah, that's truly what she said. And there's just there's a lot of heart eyes, feely feels all over this episode. It's like the the doctor didn't really believe she said that either. Like she was like, yeah, she was like, Wait, <laughs> I said it. I'm waiting for it to land. There's too long of a moment, so I'm going to pretend like really awkwardly I didn't I yeah. didn't do anything. What you did? I really <laughs> thought that that was going to be like a throwaway line, and so I was already like, oh, and then oh, no, they no, no. doubled down, and she went, believe me, if I did that, it would be with you, and I was Just like, in all caps, come the fuck on, Bridget. <laughs> She said, just to clarify, <laughs> as <laughs> Yaz, this whole entire episode said, gay panic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just her whole face. She was always just like. Wore that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Yaz. Yeah. Also, respectfully, Yaz, you deserve more than what you're being given presently. That's but sad. she 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 doesn't know she's so in I know love. she's baby she's this is i cannot i would not survive that that being my first crush holy shit yeah it's already like a 
crapshoot. Your first crash is just an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, but to have it be with a fucking, like, regenerating alien who... Who's a thousand plus years older than you. Also, who has 10,000 times that, the trauma. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. no wonder she's a child. So, so much trauma. So, anyways, yeah. It's, it's funny because it goes from that to, like, the doctor being absolute dork just like the the lovable weirdo energy is off the charts this entire episode mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> and then and Yaz like looks at her like she's the the most beautiful thing she on hung this, the moon she cre- made the stars planet. yeah, yeah. And she, oh I just I love that because it's just like you truly do love your lovable weirdo it's just how it's so doomed like a doctor who doctor relationship yeah always just doomed from the start and i have to accept that and i have accepted that and it's just like what can i enjoy in this intrinsically doomed relationship what a ship yeah it feels this episode it felt to me almost like they were going the bucky cap route where it's like they painted themselves into a corner and now they're like oh we don't really know what to do with this now that we've now that we've made it so what do you do with any doctor romance like (laughs) You just have to face it. Yeah. Like, you just have to, I don't know, acknowledge it. And then, and then next episode, which I'm not acknowledging. Um, hi, I'm Sky, and I don't believe in 13 regeneration. No, you don't have to it's face not, it until... It's not real, and neither October, is denial. November, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about the doctor. Yes. Doctor. Tell me. This is the most 10th doctor, 11th doctor Jody's doctor has ever been running away to avoid pain and like masking it with a bunch of childish antics. You mean the doctor period? Yeah. What doctor hasn't? <laughs> okay. I mean like fair. 11 was probably the most not sly about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean at least she's telling Yaz the truth. She's actually telling her I want this. But this is why I am reasonably scared to death about it. Let's be honest. Honest and vulnerable are the last things that any doctor has been. And the last two words I've used to describe them. So I'm proud of her for at least some honesty and some vulnerability. Okay. (laughs) But truly, like, we haven't had, like, a moment like that on the beach with any other doctor. Like, if you actually were to compare it with the thing that we are encouraged to compare it with, Ten's moment on the beach with Rose, just, I'm kind of like a little bit pleased that, exactly, that it's that face and that feeling from what Ten and Rose got on the beach. And this is our beach moment. Ours is way better. And it makes me maybe a lot of it pleased that we get the vulnerable truth-telling feels on the beach moment. Yeah. I want to get to the part where they're just healed and they are able to have a an emotionally healthy relationship with someone. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, yeah, the premise of this show. Well, I think here's my thing. I think this premise, like her acknowledging there's something there, it's mutual. And also I'm not going to act on it because I can't. Like, I think that could be really good if they hadn't waited so long to pull the trigger. Oh, I think 100% in agreement. That is my core problem with this. 
And that's why I feel like it feels like we went, we're in the stucky zone over here where it's like really great chemistry. It feels like a natural conclusion, but we just waited too long. And now we're in a position where there's two episodes yeah. left and we we have to wrap this up in a way that feels meaningful and satisfying and it's not going to happen. Like, Why do I like just keep unrealistically hoping that they're just going to be like, and we're going to figure out a new way to do a doctor copy paste. We're going to duplicate that give it to Yaz like we gave it to Rose and some form of the doctor gets to be with some form of Yaz. Like I just need a little bit of like. I think it's going to be wiped to sleep clean with RTD2. Well, and then there's that, that shit show where like no matter what Chimnall does, RTD doesn't have to honor it at all. And he's not going to. I'm not even going to think about that. No, 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 no. But just living in this universe, I'm like, I just need some kind of comfort to you know, some spoonful of sugar to swallow with the medicine as it it's going to come down next uh, episode, which, you know, is not going to happen. Slash if it does, it's going to happen in the fall. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think, I mean, Bucky Stucky, rather, didn't happen. This is, this is actually canon. This is actually being acknowledged. It's actually in the show. So that does feel better to me. Obviously, I'm always torn on like, realistic expectations for Doctor Who as a show because they don't really explore a lot of Doctor romance, true canon romance for the Doctor, period, let alone a queer one. And then also the BBC's in charge of it and all of my expectations like slowly, slowly are being lowered down into hell. And then the other part of me is like, I don't fucking care about that. People are gay, Steven. And give us our queer romance. Everyone wants it. What's the big deal? I was gay once. We're all God's children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm constantly in between those two realities. Most most days I land where I'm like, I can't not enjoy this because I need it. I need to be able to enjoy Thasmin because it's it's been so important to me. I like this apart from the author itself, you know? Like yeah. I've gotten something out of it. And the fact that the author is like, oh, actually, we're going to acknowledge some of that and we're going to bring it actually into the show feels like a win that I need to celebrate, even though it's something that I wish she would have done differently. Mainly, like you said, I wish she would have done earlier so that it gave it more time. And I think that he is generally on board. He's just, he wanted to bring up River and the doctor's wife a long time before he was able to. Yeah. So, like I said, so many mixed feelings. But... I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to take what I can because I actually just really fucking love Mandip Gill and Jodie Whittaker and I love their two characters on this show and I never thought that I would get that from the Doctor specifically but also from my companion because thus far it's been like I enjoy Doctor Who but not for the romance. Absolutely not. It's yeah. been very, very straight and that's just like a, been an added bonus for me. So speaking of so many things that I enjoyed about this episode. We'll probably get into more of them on our main episode for Legend of the Sea of Devils. But okay, so I obviously love the symmetry that we get after Yas has told the Doctor from the get, you are like the best person I've ever met. And then now we hear the Doctor tell her, I think you're one of the greatest people I've ever known. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like fan service it up, please. How many Tumblr posts are there going to be highlighting the visual parallels of is it Steed Beard? Blackbeard and Steed? Is it Steed Beard or is it Black Steed? I think there's a debate in the fandom right now. Black Bonnet. Black Bonnet that is also one another liked. one. So yeah. uh, the parallels between Black Bonnet and Thasmin 
one being in their fields sitting on the beach and then another being face to face looking at each other after being thrown on the ground approximately a bajillion is the answer um that's a firm number i can verify not one less and not one more than a bajillion (laughs) the sapphics they be trying to flirt it doesn't always go well because we know our brand the doctor is just a romantic mess this time around like as we knew she would be speaking of mess like our girl yaz is one heart eyes look away from melting right into that ocean and i felt that like the yearning i'm absolutely weak <laughs> this poor girl because like oh we know that like that feeling so intimately sky and i are um oppositionally oriented towards the idea of yearning and angst this guy loves You're a little so right. comfort, and I really hate it. <laughs> I fucking love it. And I hate angst, and apparently you kind of like it whether or not you I say I hate it. angst, but I keep reading it, so I, I don't know. I, I I want hurt, comfort. I no. want yearning. Fluff. I want, garbage. Well, yeah, fluff, too, says the person who likes angst. And I want... I don't like angst. <laughs> I just keep reading it. <laughs> I like mutual pining, which is <sighs> what we finally got here like we're just like you don't understand that both of you like each other and like awkward things keep happening and then you almost touch their arm like that shit eat it up no (laughs) and that's what this episode was pretty much full of and i wanted that to be like all fucking last three seasons yeah like i said yaz really said gay panic this entire episode i fucking love how awkward they are they can't tell that they're truly thirsty for one another about to die maybe in some horrible way slash the earth of might implode but let me just take this moment to tell you something <laughs> devastating and tender and i can't forget to mention my dead wife while i do it mess <laughs> that is terrible just like how does yes not have more questions first of all yes we finally <laughs> we finally mentioned the doctor's wife hello sweetie oh my gosh like i i screamed <laughs> and then i would just be like so um Back to that. We're going to back it up. <laughs> about that wife. Maybe, I don't know, some more details perhaps. Circle back around to wife. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be a whole another beach conversation. Yeah. This episode was chock-a-block full of the doctor trying to impress Yaz, which is the height of the doctor flirting. That's like, truly, my favorite. Yes. <laughs> so obvious about it too. Like, tell me you're impressed. You know you are. And she is. Have you seen how she looks at you? I know. Doctor, doctor, doctor. <laughs> the, the look that Dan gives, yes, just like, now sis. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we finish by talking about the preview? Yeah, there's actually like a fuck ton to talk about in that preview. Holy shit. The first... One, Should we two, three, four, five, go six, in the... seven, eight notes or just all caps? Yeah. Ace. Vinder. Kate. Ruth. The suit. The master. Yaz with a gun. The master. <laughs> that was exciting. That was exciting. Yeah. And that's just like basically what we recognized. Holy shit. Yaz is holding a gun like the doctor's in trouble and she's going to get her girl. Yeah. It also makes me think, okay, there's Kate there. Yes, she's going to join Unit, Unit, I know. She? Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I didn't see Osgood, though, so fuck you. <laughs> Kate, but no Osgood, really? Oh, I was like, but they've confirmed that she's a part of this or she's participating. 
that was wrong. Or I was confusing the new audio series that they're doing, oh. the podcast, where Osgood will be a part of it, along with a lot of really great characters that they're bringing back. Yeah. Madame Vastra, Osgood, a lot of other cool women I'm completely blanking on. <laughs> um, this is a total side note, but that podcast sounds really promising. I hope it's actually really great. It has a lot of great new characters that they're introducing, um, focusing on, as in their own words, diversity and getting into deep roots of different areas of, I'm guessing, England or London. Yeah. Which sounds really cool. It's also straight up run by trans women. So, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah. Trans women who are writers and activists. We love to see it. I'm really excited that we get more Jody material. They didn't uh, mention if Yaz is going to be a part of these stories. And of course, because spoilies, and that would, you know, give yeah. us a hint of how this story ends. Well, my optimistic ass not... is like, Yaz is totally going to be a part of it because of those characters. And it's really queer oriented. And she's going to survive and it's going to be great. Well, and even if she's not, <laughs> most Doctor Who actors come back around for the big finished paycheck at some point. Oh, yeah. Get Arthur it. Darville has been Collect in some. Collect that bag. Yeah. yeah. Basically, I want this to last forever. I throw my stone into the ocean, and I want Yaz and the Doctor to continue to have stories together. I don't love, and I have never loved, the idea about Yaz joining Unit. Yeah. Mainly just because, like, I don't want to entertain literally any other story where she's not traveling with the Doctor, which is super unrealistic of me. And also, I don't want her in another space policing. Cop. Yeah. Nope. No to the space cop. Even though we love Kate Stewart. <laughs> yeah, we do love Kate Stewart. Yeah. That's because she's a boss-ass bitch. Yeah. It's... So, I don't know. It's just, like... It just felt too obvious and maybe mostly me just having to face the future of Yaz having a life after the Doctor. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that's most of it. Okay. <laughs> Another heartbreaking moment in in that preview. Speaking of facing the future with Yaz, is thirteen calling out Yaz's name while absorbing the fob watch material? Ugh. Just let's not. <laughs> let's not and say we didn't. Let's say we didn't for sure. I don't believe in 13 regenerating. Okay. <laughs> it's not real and neither is my denial. But I know it's not her regenerating, obviously, for many reasons. Because Ruth Doctor is also there. The Doctors tend to regenerate alone. And it looks kind of like the fob watch was being opened or something. And they're getting all their memories back. And that would be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, similarly terrifying to regenerating. So, I yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a ride. There's just a lot fucking happening in that episode. It made me think of that Reddit reaction to this episode. And somebody said, this was definitely one of the most episodes of Doctor Who ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well said. Yeah. yeah. One thing that will kind of break me in a great way is, yes, it's fucking cute in those promo shots. <laughs> Um, the master is back. I am entirely here for it. Yeah. Also, we didn't mention it, but Ashad is back, which I think is interesting. He did. Yeah. He was he's, like, he's this big. Boom, boom, Sir, how are you back? I don't know. You're teeny like, tiny. tiny. You've been tiny, like, yeah. Like, I'm guessing it's a memory. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, but they bring in back all sorts of people, so yeah. we'll see. 
We'll see. <laughs> and the doctor, wearing that orange suit. As tradition dictates. Our moment is here. This is our time. That's right. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. Vinder's also back, which may mean we get some Belle. That'd be great. And maybe meet La Bebe. Yeah. And I want to meet La Bebe. <laughs> I like how you I would like to see the baby. <laughs> Include it more. I would like to see the baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. it may be a plot point. It may not. I'm fine either way. Whoever that, that kid, that chillin is. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, something else in the preview that I wanted to bring up but didn't put in the notes. Shut up. I hope it's really long. It better be, like, 12 hours long. It's 70 minutes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, like, actually know the number? Yes, or you it just... is actually 70 so minutes. So we have the length but not the title? Yeah. Bitch, that's whack. I want the title and I want the date. So that I can stress over it <laughs> until November, whenever it is. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not. If they, t- here's the thing. We've been through a lot. Killing Eve exists. Ugh, that finale awful. exists. If they twist the knife in with this one and make it any more painful than it has to be, I'm going to be out for a week. <laughs> Cancel life. <laughs> I just really need that duplicate doctor send them off to an alternative universe fix oh fix yes the internet will provide i'm sure fix with a x X. oh i see i need it to be fixed in real life that's not gonna happen because doctor who is real life okay (laughs) high stakes (laughs) okay i know that there's other fans who are equally compromised out there we all feel each other i think that's it okay that's all i got this was very echelon circuity yes it was we just A lot of the thoughts. Yeah. Hopefully they'll be a little bit more polished, a little bit more resolved by the time we get to the actual episode of this. It is not that far off, though. We yeah. ha- only have a few more to recap of the flux. So make sure to catch us on our regular timeline whenever we finally take, <laughs> whenever we do finally do the Once Upon Time episode. Yeah, because it's we happening. won't be back on this timeline until the 13th Doctor's final episode. We won't. Shit. We got time. We have so much time. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't procrastinate that much, though. <laughs> Literally do not even want to understand people who don't procrastinate. Because, like, that's embarrassing. Okay, y'all. Until next time. Be gay. Do crimes. Yeah. Tune on your speakers and please be my doctor, whoever. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh Yes, sir